sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today is on the air here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com as we preview the Thursday night football game between the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, and the New York Giants. It's the battle for first place between two teams that have one win almost halfway through the football season. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia. I think that's a great setup, Joe, for tonight's game. Win two <laughs> games, you're in first. Pretty much it. There you go. Yeah, it's the playoffs, baby. They start right now. It's not even November, and we've already got some playoff-style football games. Who would have thought we'd be here so quickly? But we are. That's where we are, and the ineptitude of the NFC East seems to know no low. It's really quite astounding. Every time, just like last year, you thought some team could finally step up into that void. That'd be great. Not so much, and now the Eagles got some terrible news this week, too, missing Zach Ertz for the next month and change. That's not going to help things at all. So hopefully Dallas Goddard was available in your league and you picked him up because things continue to just go south for the Eagles. Yeah, and not to mention the the report about a half hour ago says Goddard's out another three weeks. So I don't even know if he'll be available. Mm. Of course, I was very disappointed to see that. So no Goddard, no Earth on Thursday Night Football. And uh, you got Greg Ward, though. You got Fulgham, whoever that is. Travis Fulgham. All right. All the Fulgham. Here's our Thursday headline here on Fantasy Sports Today. Yannick Ngakwe, he's traded again. The Vikings probably are saying so long to the season, it sounds like. Second time this year he's dealt. He'll go to a team that's going to make it postseason for sure. Giants will take on the Eagles on Thursday night football. I'm already thinking, how much of this game am I going to be forced to watch? We'll see. Eagles, Zach Ertz misses a month, maybe more. Raiders offensive line still waiting to see who they're going to get back. Although Jonathan Abram also missed their practice. You simply cannot take the Raiders this week if they're missing their entire offensive line. But we've got a long way to go before we determine that. Seahawks have some potential interest in Antonio Brown. See how far that goes. And Penn State is going to need a new basketball coach. Pat Chambers ends up resigning amid an investigation into the program. So Penn State basketball about a month away from starting up, as well as the entire college basketball season. A little bit later this year, normally first week of November. We're looking at the third week of November this year. They're going to be playing conference ball. Very excited to have college basketball back as well. Now, yesterday, one of the bigger stories in the NFL actually happened with a team that's not even playing this week, as the Miami Dolphins announced that Tua Tagovailoa is going to end up starting for them starting next week. It was kind of bizarre as uh, the coach of the Dolphins was upset that the report came out and he was not able to tell uh, Tua or excuse me, not able to tell Ryan Fitzpatrick, I guess, directly. Fitzpatrick would not address that in the media yesterday. And there was this thought process that Ryan Fitzpatrick was just simply ready and willing to hand over the reins to Tua. But it was very clear in his 15-minute press conference yesterday that this caught him very much by surprise and talked about the difficulty of essentially losing his starting gig. This profession is interesting in that you know, you, I got basically got fired yesterday and then my day of work today consisted of me in zoom meetings, listening to the guy that fired me and then, you know, locked in a, a spaced out room, uh, you know, with my replacement for four hours today. So, uh, there aren't a whole lot of jobs that are like that, but, um, I, I know how difficult it is to play the quarterback position. And I know that, 
that room is so important to the guy that's playing in terms of everybody having your back and pulling in the same direction. So, um, you know, today's the day to digest a little bit and we'll get away for the buy a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, once this thing starts up again, um, you know, I've got to do my best for Tua to help him out because it's, there's two separate situations here. One is with Tua and I want him to do well. And I think he's a great kid and I think he has a really bright future. And the other one is, you know, my feelings and, uh, just kind of what I'm going through. And that has to be separate from when I walk into this building and, you know, help him out. I, I've got to separate those feelings from, uh, you know, trying to be a professional and help him out as best I can. Very emotional press conference yesterday from Ryan Fitzpatrick, Joe, and one that has really shifted the paradigm a little bit here, where you look at it and a lot of folks in South Florida, Joe, sort of rallying the Ryan Fitzpatrick here and walking back the idea that Tua should be starting. Like, I I guess the South Florida fan base understands it, but Fitzpatrick was coming off back-to-back wins, two wins of three touchdowns or more, by three touchdowns or more, and this is the time the plug is uh, is pulled on him. So you understand it. Tua is the future. There is no doubt. But from Fitzpatrick's perspective, it definitely sounds like he was blindsided. Now, I don't think there's any doubt. Well, clearly this wasn't handled as well as it could have been. And obviously a surprise to Fitzpatrick. And I think that's where some of his emotions are coming out here. And he's absolutely valid to have all those emotions. I kind of felt like I should be getting paid by the hour listening to that press conference. It sounded like he was really there on the couch with me, telling me all of his deepest, darkest fears and and emotions and problems. And and in another hour, I'm going to go see somebody else. And maybe Antonio Brown comes in after him and sits on the couch and I get to hear all his misery. But two is more than just the future. Two is the franchise, if you're the Dolphins. And I think you have to understand that. And I'm sure Fitzpatrick does too. I think he's having a hard time. It's still very raw for him. And it seems like Flores did not do a really good job of preparing him. But to a certain extent, I don't know. If you're Ryan Fitzpatrick, you kind of know you're a placeholder anyway. They just drafted Tua Tagovailoa, who is a guy who was just, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in, in college and arguably the number one overall pick before he got hurt. And I know you're not surprised, and I understand things can get held better and work better, but I don't know. It seems like he's going to do the professional thing, but I don't know if some of these comments he's making is going to help that effort much. Yeah, no, I don't know it'll help, but if you would have told Fitzpatrick, here's what you're going to do. In the next two weeks, you're going to go out and win 75 to 10, and then we're going to bench you. <laughs> I think he would have brought it. There's no way. That's what happened. We're back with more fantasy sports today. Injury report. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Each and every week, we get the latest on information behind the scenes as far as injuries are concerned. You need to follow Dr. David Chow on Twitter at ProFootballDoc, ProFootballDoc.com, and check out his podcast and his columns on OutKick for the latest in terms of injuries around the NFL. It's the most important segment we do each and every Wednesday here on the show. Dr. Chow, thank you again for coming on. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing fine, Dr. Chow. You know, normally we start on Sunday and sometimes even we go to injuries on Tuesday and Wednesday. But I got to tell you, Dr. Chow, there's a big game coming up Thursday night. 
maybe not in reality for a lot of us with the Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yuck. I mean, that division is a mess this year. But there are some significant injuries, again, on the side of the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's start with that. Miles Sanders, as we know, is out for this week. Dr. Chow, the question, can he be back next week? I think he's got a chance to be back next week. It's not guaranteed. The good news is we knew all along that he didn't tear a major ligament. And by MRI, I think he avoided a meniscus tear. Otherwise, he would have had a scope. So I think he's got a chance to come back. And obviously, the Eagles are the most beaten up team, especially on offense. And who would have thought that basically Carson Wentz, that many called injury prone, and I didn't like that terminology, is basically the last man standing. Yes, Jason Kelsey is playing at center, but he has a hip designation playing through. But everyone else on the offensive line, wide receivers, now both tight ends, Miles Sanders, it's red, 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 red everywhere on the Eagles offense. Yeah, no doubt. And I know that Zach Ertz is going to miss this game. And I saw I, I saw a couple things on, and I haven't really gotten an update. I don't know, Dr. Chow, if you have on Dallas Goddard, because boy, is he a valuable tight end when he plays. And I would think that if Ertz was out, the natural progression for us in fantasy is okay. This tight end is out. We plug Dallas Goddard back in. When is that going to happen? Well, Dallas Goddard had a chip fracture in addition to his high ankle sprain. And, uh, you know, his three-week injured reserve minimum stay is up, so he could be activated at any time. But until you see him practicing, uh, you know, you get a 21-day practice window, uh, he's not back. And, of course, this week is the very short week with the Thursday game. All right, so let, let's move on to the running back position in, in fantasy. And Matt Rule, uh, a couple days ago, mentioned that he won't bring Christian McCaffrey back until he's 100%. It could be this week. It could be next week. And and we know that Mike Davis has done a really nice job while he's been out. Carolina's done a really nice job, by the way, while he's been out, too. What is the sense with this McCaffrey injury, maybe from a conceptual point of view? Any chance we see him Sunday? Carolina best served to wait another week? I, I don't think so because, uh, you know, I don't think anyone believes that the Panthers are vying for a Lombardi this year. And so what's the point? And, of course, with Mike Davis doing so well and the Panthers winning a couple of games, there's no pressure to bring Christian McCaffrey back. He's their long-term answer. He's the guy who got paid and the whole deal. So, you know, normally 85% is a good week you know, playing in week seven in the NFL. But when you're Christian McCaffrey and you have the Panther situation, I can understand that 95 is not good enough. They want him to be 100. And that's why I don't think it's this week. I think the following week, week eight, is finally the best chance. Now let's take a look at the San Francisco 49ers and Raheem Mostert, who when he's on the field is a dynamic running back that I think we all want to own in fantasy. And and I would like to ask you a question, Dr. Chow. When you hear that a player is injury prone, and that's sort of the, the thing that's now being called with, with Raheem Mostert, and there are other players around sports that are called injury prone, is that, is that a term that you would use with a player? Do you feel like more players are more prone to injuries? And does Mostert fall into that category? All right. Well, I'll be very careful in my choice of words here. I don't like the injury-prone designation. Uh, perhaps the only way I would apply it to somebody is if it's for the same injury or it's something that could be rehabbed or the same hit on this player injures them, but on another player they're fine, then maybe they're injury-prone. But the, this is the game of football, and it's a traumatic sport. Everybody on the field 
is prone to injury because football is not a contact sport. It is a collision sport with 11 moving pieces on the other side and 10 other moving pieces on your own side. So I don't like that injury prone designation as I inferred with Carson Wentz and Raheem Mostert here too. I mean, look, he tried to play through and he couldn't. And uh, I don't know that he's officially been put on yet, but I would expect him to get put on injured reserve and miss three weeks here. Very difficult to play through the high ankle as a running back. And he just got off the MCL spring. Yeah. Now, in terms of wide receiver, there, there's always injuries, but I haven't seen any significant this week. I think that we may have dodged a bullet with with key wide receiver injuries. You know, we talked a little bit about Mike Evans last week of Tampa Bay, and and I, and I want to talk to you about him again. I mean, Dr. Chow, he came off a of bye week, right, and, and, and came back, or, or maybe not. I'm confused here, but it, it seems as though he's come off time where he hasn't played. He still doesn't look like he's 100%. He's more of a red zone target at this point. Uh, Godwin, of course, had a quiet game last week. They didn't really need him. But simply put, are we just not going to get the Godwin and Evans that we saw with Winston last year that we saw with Brady? And is it more of an injury factor than the quarterback? Well, you know, honestly, I think uh, the Mike Evans underproduction was as much to do with the scoreboard as it was to do with anything else, uh, given the the flow of the game and the game script. I would expect Evans to be pretty good by next week. He's probably isn't wasn't a hundred percent this week and next week might be 90 95 but i expect some good production coming out of him and and godwin's turning the corner too and it wasn't a buy but i think it was more of a mini buy because it was thursday that they were coming off yeah that's certainly what it felt like uh any any other key injuries this week that have caught you and when you were looking at it sunday or, or or i guess in this case two games monday that that are worth mentioning for fantasy purposes this week well you know obviously the you know the the the, uh, the superstars get all the headlines and Dalvin Cook with the bye week now I think can come back but I think what you really need to pay attention to and this is where profootballdoc.com can help is let's look at the Dallas Cowboys Zach Martin was the only healthy guy and then on Monday night he got a concussion the right and left tackles are already out the center's already out Travis Frederick the original center retired and Connor Williams is coming off an ACL are we shocked I mean we can't blame Andy Dalton for that performance I mean are we shocked at all and Ezekiel Elliott uh, fumble issues you look at the Eagles it's been the offensive line issues uh, you know the the Jets have had some the you know there's there's just a lot of teams that are beat up in what we call cluster injuries and that's what we try and sort out everyone knows Saquon Barkley tore his ACL and when Dalvin might come back, but it's the upfront injuries or the defensive line injuries of uh, who your running back is playing against. And that's what I would urge people to go to profootballdoc.com. If you're trying to decide between two guys, look at, look at, see how many opposing corners are healthy, right? I mean, maybe that makes the decision for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, by the way, we, we hit on uh, Sam Darnold last week of the Jets, and, and I feel like this may end up being a weekly thing. I, I don't know what to say about this at this point, Dr. Chow. It's very clear that Joe Flacco is not going to win a single game with the Jets at quarterback this year. And, and, and Darnold, you know, to me, I, I still think he's a good quarterback, but I can't figure out why he can't get back on the field. Well, if you have a minute, a couple of things here. First of all, you know, I for Outkick, I do these picks, and we're actually done very well this year, 22-7-1. And, and believe me, I struggled when I said, I'm going to lay nine and a half, ten points and take Miami. Who does that? No well, against the Jets, you do, right? <laughs> and here's why. It's not Flacco's fault. you got to understand, it's hard enough to – 
get with a new team. It's hard enough to get with a new team in the pandemic, where there was only no offseason program and half a training camp. Joe Flacco had none of that. He only got off injured reserve from his neck surgery like two weeks ago. You can't just throw a Tom Brady into an offense. That's why he was doing all these offseason workouts with his guys there. You can't just add water in the NFL and play. But the other thing is, think about this message. If you work in a restaurant or assembly line or the medical world, and you have a couple of guys that the management is paying to do nothing. Do you work your ass off or do you say, look, I better take care of me, I'm not 100%. Sam Darnold could have played, but management is saying, sit out the last two games. Because remember, he returned that same game. They're paying Le'Veon Bell to go play with the Chiefs. Yeah. Now they've traded a defensive captain on the D-line here. What What's the rest of the team saying? Look, if I'm 100%, I'm trying hard, but if I'm 85% and so-so, maybe I just take it a little bit easy here. I don't know. I, I just think it's a very difficult situation in New York. No, no doubt about it. Well, Dr. Chow, as always, thanks for coming on the show. At Pro Football Doc. ProFootballDoc.com is the website you need to follow every single day. Thanks again for coming on the show. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports. Today we got Thursday Night Football coming up. And thanks again to Chris on the update there. Uh, I'm not sure, Joe, how how Michael Thomas could pick up a hamstring injury on his day off. Sounds like the movie Friday, but nonetheless, <laughs> here we are. Thomas hurt on his day off and may not have him this week. I guess we'll have to focus more on that on tomorrow's show, see exactly what his health is for sure. All right, Thursday night football. Giants and Eagles, the battle for first and last at the same time. What a rare game that we get. What a special treat. First and last on the line. Eagles minus four and a half in this one at home against the Giants. Philadelphia is two and four against the spread. The Giants a very respectable three and three. Do you have any opinion whatsoever on this game tonight? (laughs) Are you ready for some football? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. Who's left for the Eagles? What a war of attrition this season is for them. Can Carson Wentz stop throwing the football to the other team? Darius Slayton's going to play in this game. There are some questions he might not, but he is. So that's a huge piece here for the Giants. And I'll tell you what, you look at the stats and the Giants defensively are just not that bad this year. And I know a lot of people have written them off as soon as Saquon Barkley got hurt, and that's fair. And whether or not you think they should have won this game last week, that is also fair. But it is what it is right now, and this game means a lot to this division. It might not mean a lot to a lot of fantasy teams right now. It might not mean a whole lot to a lot of people in the wagering community. And, heck, it might not mean a lot to either of the fan bases at this point because they're both kind of annoyed. But it does mean a lot to the circumstances of this division. And I think both teams will show up here and give it all they've got. Do they have a lot? 
Maybe not, but I would say this. I think you have to at least take what you saw last week out of the Eagles fighting in the second half of that game. As you pointed out yesterday on the show, it wasn't garbage time. They got back into this game. They played well. I think you will see Jalen Hurts taking some snaps in this game with some trick plays. Maybe they'll run some wildcat with him. They'll do some things. It would not shock me to see him more involved in this game plan, especially on the short week, especially missing uh, Miles Sanders in this game, which is a huge loss for them. And I would keep an eye on Corey Clement because I think this is also another guy. We keep talking about Boston Scott, Boston Scott, but it would not shock me for Corey Clement to catch a couple balls here, maybe even catch a touchdown as things go on. Travis Fulgan's played okay. Ward's been okay. Look, it's not the prettiest game. It's not going to be the prettiest game, uh, not on paper or in reality. But at the end of the day, it's a Thursday night football game that really does matter for the standings, and I will be watching it. I'm starting to think that what they should do is at the end of the season, award the division to the best team against the spread. That's the way that I would determine the division. You like that? That's, that's an interesting take. It's not a bad I mean, take. At, at but, least you feel good about one of the teams. I mean, one of the teams is going to be over 500 against the spread. It would be almost impossible mm-hmm. if not, just because they play against each other so much. So Philly's two and four. New York is three and three. And it, it, even if the Giants lose tonight, but they cover, I think they should be in first place in the NFC East. That's my take on it. It's not a bad take. And uh, I do think the Eagles will win this football game. (laughs) Winning. Uh, No, I mean, it's it's not a bad take. On our network, it's going to happen. (laughs) Look, man, uh, the Eagles are bad. We know this. And, And the Eagles have been bad because of the injuries. And I think to a certain extent they did it to themselves. Now, look, they went out in the draft, right, and they got Jalen Rhaegar, and he got hurt. And I think that was the big, supposed to be the difference maker here, right? Because I think going in, you knew Alshon Jeffrey was never going to be healthy because he's never healthy. So you were trying to fix it in the draft. And I was very surprised that Rhaegar was the guy they took. They had some shots at some other wide receivers, but that's the way they went. Okay. He seemed like he was having a good camp. But I think that injury has really kind of been their undoing in a lot of ways. And you knew Jeffrey was going to miss at least six weeks of the season. Here we are in week seven. And I think you understood that as good as Miles Sanders could be, that there was some injury risk there too, and you're seeing that as well. So this is tough. It's tough because when you build a football team, you know there's inherent injury risk. But I think the Eagles knew there were early pieces that were hurt going in, and there were some issues like Alshon Jeffrey and age of Deshaun Jackson that they were working at a deficit already. And I think that's the problem is – I think they need to do a better job next year of getting a little younger, a little healthier, obviously, too. And uh, look, they got to address that offensive line in the offseason, too, if the Eagles are going to compete next year in this division. Yeah, well, Lane Johnson is playing, so that usually means a Philly win, but we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. And they are laying four and a half points. I really don't have a strong opinion on this game. If anything, maybe the under uh, 45 points, but I, I don't. I don't really love the game. I may actually watch the college game tonight. Arkansas State plays against Appalachian State. I actually have more interest in that one. Um, Okay, so let's move on to uh, the passing yards for Carson Wentz. And his total is 246 and a half. And the over-under is minus 110. Joe, do you have any opinion on Wentz's passing yards? If I'm going to lean under, I guess I have to lean under on his passing yards as well. Yeah, I would lean under in the passing yards also for Carson Wentz, not just because of him throwing the ball to the other team, but if uh, what I believe of Jalen Hurts getting some opportunities in this game, not taking over as quarterback, but just getting some plays, maybe even getting a series of plays, depending on where they are, that's going to hurt the overall total too. 
Um, this is not a real gunslinging kind of team here with the Eagles, despite the fact that in the uh, last part of that game against Baltimore on Sunday, they did open it up a little bit. And Travis Folk has been really good. I mean, we've got to give this kid some credit. I know he came out of nowhere, but at a certain point, we have to kind of acknowledge it and say, hey, the guy's getting the job done right now, and that's where you want to go. You're not going to have any tight ends in this game. You're not having your starting running back in this game. He's going to get the ball. But I also think that you're going to see some dump-offs at Clement and some other things like that. So that's probably where things are going here. And let me also say this. Keep an eye on, as far as the total, too, about the turnovers from Daniel Jones, too. Because Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. Nobody's fumbled more in the last two years at the quarterback position than Daniel Jones. And that is a big problem. He's averaging more than a turnover plus per game between interceptions and fumbles. That is a terrible terrible trend for the giants to win football games you just can't have that happen yeah and and so that's that's where i'll lean tonight if i'm gonna build it under i gotta build it that way uh okay so that's our one philadelphia eagles prop on the fanduel sportsbook you guys can go to the fanduel sportsbook anytime you want bet on many other props these are not the only two that are there for tonight's game but i just wanted to do one on the philadelphia side one on the new york side I had trouble on the New York side because I could not type Devontae Freeman. My fingers would not let me do it. So I skipped him <laughs> and I went over to Evan Engram of the Giants. 37 and a half receiving yards tonight over under Joe on Evan Engram's yards in this game against the Eagles. Now, this is a frustrating one. If Slayton was out, I would have said over, but with Slayton in, I think I would lean towards the under on this one too. And it's, really shocking to me it's disappointing it's shocking it's bemusing it's all these things because when saquon went out i thought all right here's an opportunity for evan ingram to get some more target share and you would think in some of the matchups he's had that he would have played better than he has now granted one of those uh, big plays that he had in the dallas game got called back so you have to kind of roll your eyes with that one but still uh this should have been an opportunity here this year without saquon for evan ingram to kind of step up into that void and for daniel jones to look for him more and it just frankly hasn't happened which is really frustrating. And, and the Giants have had some injuries too, huge injuries. Saquon's a huge injury too. As much as we want to kind of look at the Giants and say, oh, they're terrible. Well, they lost him. They lost Sterling Shepard. They lost some big pieces here on offense. And uh, that's been a huge problem for them. So for me, I'm going to lean on the under here with a healthy Darius Slayton in this game. I think Slayton and Tate will kind of be uh, basically the guys taking care of all the targets there. Maybe you'll see some Devontae Freeman as well. I know it's hard to type his name too. Plus, everybody spells Devontae differently too, and it gets very frustrating some days. That's, that's the hard part is getting his name right. No, I just I just can't the even type his name. from the Devontes. It's very hard. Meanwhile, if I had him, I may end up, I would probably have to start him this week. And, and I mean, I am just scouring the waiver wire. You, you know what I actually did? Um, you know what I actually did yesterday? I I took a look. I started to look at week 14 on mm -hmm. defenses. That was my strategy mm -hmm. yesterday. Do you know why I started to look at that? <laughs> week 14 in defenses. Uh, first okay, round so, of the playoffs? Right. And, and, and what defense am I looking to go against? Uh, what? Wait, you mean what offense you're looking to go against, or what defense you're looking? Yes, <laughs> you're looking to go against the Jets, I assume. <laughs> right. So I'm right. like, I'm picking up whoever is playing because I feel good enough to if I'm that I'm going to get in the playoffs in both my leagues, but I want to make sure that I'm fading the Jets in Week 14. And who do the Jets play in Week 14? I forgot already. That's that's the horrible lead <laughs> to the story. Wait, you just set up that entire on, story hold on, hold on, with no payoff. All right, while you're thinking of this, I just want to throw Seattle, this out at there Seattle. Too. At Seattle. Oh, oh, my God. Seattle's defense hasn't been good. They should be on the waiver wire. That right. should be no so, problem. So let me give everyone the best piece of fantasy football advice out there if you're watching the show right now. Right now, 
go pick up Seattle's defense, put them on your bench if you have a good team. And in week 14, you'll thank me. Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. I, I don't think I think even the Seattle defense can show up against the Jets. Is this game in Seattle or in yes. New York? Not that it matters. And it's Seattle too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Make the Jets travel. Uh here's a question I have for you too, because I know we were kind of talking about it earlier in the hour. With all these uh, you know, guys missing time with the practice on the offensive line for the Raiders, has that line moved at all? Because that was at four last night. I know uh, on the Tampa side, I'm curious if with all those COVID things, if it's moved at all, because to me, that would be one to keep an eye on potentially. Maybe you do want to get in on that uh, before it gets a little higher, because I imagine it might grow over the next 24 hours, potentially with some of this news, because when you're taking away offensive line pieces, that's never a good thing. I mean, just ask the Eagles how that works out. Right. No, you're right. But if they all come back, then you're like, oh, no, why did I do that? So, but, but well, the line but, but is. They're missing practice time. Insane. I'm just saying a couple of days of practice time for a collective offensive line, dude. That's not great. I don't know. Titans <laughs> didn't practice for two weeks, Joe. Like, I don't know. Cam don't Newton know. didn't practice. How'd that work out? <laughs> I didn't work out for the Titans. The Titans didn't practice as a team. They destroyed them. Or Buffalo. did they? Or did they? Mm. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> So, listen, we got Fantasy Reality coming up next, and then the Sports Grid 60. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Sports Grid. You can follow me on Twitter, at Craig Mish. You can follow Joe on Twitter, at JoePizzaPS17. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with Fantasy or Reality. One of the brand-new hot apps has already gone the way of the what is it, the Dodo, is what they say. No one even knows that reference. That's a really old reference. I'll be back with Joe right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It's time for a little fantasy or reality here on the show. Before we get to that, Joe, I know that Sunday morning is always time for football for you and Derek and the guys. Tell us what's on deck here this week as uh, another week of fantasy football, week seven. Yeah, that's right. In fact, Eric Young's going to be defending his championship on Saturday night on pay-per-view and then Sunday morning getting up regardless, win or lose, to do a show here on SportsGrid. That, my friends, is dedication, and that's why you watch game day. So Matt Stryker, Joe Pizapia, and the Eric Young will all be getting together 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings right here on SportsGrid. That's 8 a.m. Eastern for two hours of fantasy goodness. We're going to talk FanDuel. We're going to talk season long. We're going to make fun of each other. That's a lock. So make sure you set your subscriptions, your notifications, everything you need, and tune in to game day right here on SportsGrid and get your Sunday off on the right foot. All right, fantasy reality to end our show here on this Thursday. Let's get it started. Our first true or false statement of the day. Fantasy means fake. Reality means real. 10,000 people could watch the Jets at MetLife if they could, if they were blessed enough to be able to watch the game at MetLife on Sunday. Are they at home? No, they're off. Who do they play uh, this No, they're at home. They're home against Buffalo this week. Okay, if if they if ten thousand people could go to the game to watch the Bills, let's use this Sunday. Ten thousand people would actually show up. Fantasy or reality, Joe? That is the question. And how many of them would be Mike Cardano and Brett Levy and some of the other folks here? They're Jet fans at the network. That is the real question. I'm gonna say this: We've been making fun of the Jets a lot, but in all honesty, 
the Jet fan is pretty incredible when you think about the loyalty factor. They've stuck with this team from awful, awful seasons. And they've had some good ones. When Rex Ryan came in and started talking trash and said, we're going to turn this thing around, then he did. And they went to back-to-back AFC Championship games. You kind of felt the culture was changing. There was a a bravado with the Jet fans. There was a little bit of confidence. There was a little bit, hey, look at me. I played for the Jets, right? Everybody looked pretty good. The last time they felt good about themselves was Bill Parcells. So they've had some good moments. The last 10 years have been rough, though. I think we can all agree. It's not been a good run here. Yet they're still loyal. I actually believe it's a reality 10,000 people would show up. If for no other reason, because they're from New York and New Jersey, and they would just show up to boo and voice their displeasure and bring very funny signs or maybe funny masks or maybe just bags over their head, which is kind of good, kind of like this graphic you had there, the New York Jet fan, which is already very, very, uh, I would say, smart for this day and age. You are basically inventors of the mask, Jet fans with the paper bag. I think it's a really great move here for you. Socially distancing, yes, all at the same time. So for me, I'm going to say reality. I think 10,000 people would show up just to be heard and voice their displeasure because that's what being a New Yorker is all about. It's about being loud. It's about being heard. It's about being opinionated. And what else do you have to do on a Sunday, really? I mean, you actually get to go out of the house and do something. So there's not a lot of whole else to do right now. It's not like you can go to a restaurant very much or a lot of other things you used to do. So I think they'd show up. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to say fantasy in this one. It's only because of the scenario of, of COVID and everything else. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I think that that a lot of the New Yorkers are staying inside and even with it open, I just don't see it, man. Like, what? what I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say fantasy. Uh, look, based on on stadiums around the country, there are some places that are getting 10, 15,000 fans. There are also some places that a lot more would show up if they opened up more tickets to it. But I don't think so, man. We're already having such a tough 2020. Why make it harder and have to go to that? No way. I, 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 look, I, I can't speak to it because I'm not a Jet fan. Maybe we should do a poll and then find out whether or not that's actually true or not. But just for me personally, I would say fantasy. I would say they wouldn't go. Mm, look, I, I could say this. I, You're probably right. Maybe my view is a little different, but I don't know. I think you can never discount disdain. You can never discount distrust and how mad they are at Adam Gase and how mad they are at the ownership and how mad they are at all these things. And And usually when teams are bad, people don't show up. But I'm going to take the inverse here. I just think it when you're looking at things and you're looking, there's nothing else to do. You know what? 2020 has sucked. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to take this ticket and I'm going to go to the Meadowlands and I'm going to go there and I'm going to scream and yell all these emotions I've had for the last 10 months in quarantine. And I'm going to let it all out on the New York Jets. It actually sounds kind of healthy. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I kind of want to go. Tell the truth. Maybe I. Nah, can. you 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 definitely. You def- we can't even get you to watch the Mandalorian. There's no way you're going to the Jets. There's no chance. <laughs> yeah, this right. is true. Yeah, Mandalorian. It's true. We have a week. You have I a tried. week to go. Asleep. Get it done. I tried once and I fell asleep on the first episode. That's not a good sign. Oof. But I'm That's old now. Yeah, I told you. All right, let's move on. Now this is really interesting. I thought because this app that came out a few months ago called Quibi was really intriguing. It has these really short 10-minute movies, flicks, uh, you know, like kind of trying to capture the, you know, sort of what TikTok is doing, honestly. But they had like a lot of celebrities and, and people backing this thing. I think they put like billions of dollars into it. And the lifespan of Quibi, they're making jokes. It was like as long as the videos that they used to post because <laughs> they've gone bankrupt and they're shutting it down. 
and they had a lot of strong backing with this. So before I give my answer on this, I'll, I'll ask you just specific to what the statement that I'm about to make here, Joe. Fantasy or reality, you downloaded the Quibi app. Fantasy or reality? That is a fantasy. I did know what Quibi was, and I did see advertising for Quibi, but I have to tell you, I really was unsure of what Quibi was. I know what TikTok is. I have clear idea what that is, and I want nothing to do right. with it. Uh, but Quibi, I didn't really understand. Is it just a streaming platform? Is it another platform where there's just short videos or not? And isn't that kind of YouTube already? I don't know. The whole thing just seemed like, do you really need this? I think at the end of the day, the fact that I can't tell you exactly what it is, even though I've seen advertising for it, tells you why it was short-lived. And uh, I think if you can't make it right now with some sort of streaming entertainment, then you're doing something wrong because everybody's been home again for the entire year watching stuff. So you're telling me you failed producing something where people are watching stuff? People watch us every single day. I know they they tweet at me. They, they send Facebook shots of the show and stuff like that. I'm telling you, people are watching us here. Now, we're very entertaining. Maybe we were on Quibi. We could have saved it. So I'll ask Maybe. you that question. If you and I were on Quibi, fantasy or reality, Quibi would still be around. It would have been gone a lot faster. It would have been gone a lot Probably. faster. They actually yeah. did better without her. I'm not there for sure. Uh, okay, so I I downloaded the Quibi app. There was there was I, I don't remember what it was. Yes, I did. I don't remember what show was on there, but there was a show probably three months ago, maybe four, that intrigued me. Now, what it is right now, I cannot remember. But I downloaded it, in, and I was unclear what it was, just like you. Then when I downloaded it, it was painfully obvious I had to pay from that point forward. And mm -hmm. for me, I'm very hesitant. I'm not hesitant on on paying for things at all. But what I, I for some reason, I have a problem with the it's free now, but if you don't cancel, we're going to charge you because I am one of those people that will forget. And I will get charged and go, oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. And then I'll forget the next month and go, oh, that's right again. No, here's and the, then I, I have, have the solution to that. I have the what solution to that. Okay. This is what you do. It's very simple. You create whatever the subscription is. You go in your phone 30 days later in your calendar. You set a day before to cancel the subscription. The little notification pops up. Boom. There it is. You're done. That's how you do but those then I things. I still won't do it. I know, but I still won't do it. You still won't do it. Like, do it like, oh, yeah, I can understand it forgetting. I'll do it later. Oh, that's a yeah, problem. I, I'm yeah, just bad the, with that. I'm really bad. Like, well, listen, I think I'm still getting gotta, charged for America Online right now. Like, I, I'm oh, getting charged well, for things. But that's really use. useful to you. That's really useful to you. Um, I, I would say Not that really. the last thing that I subscribed to that was newer was I, I subscribed to YouTube Red right. a couple years ago just so I could watch Cobra Kai because everybody right. kept telling me, you're going to love Cobra Kai. You're going to love it. So I watched it and I watched the second season when it came out. And I haven't canceled my YouTube Red since. Because I do use the YouTube in the car sometimes with the kids. But that was one that I was like, well, I'll cancel it right after I binge watch all these. And I didn't. But then they came out with a second year of Cobra Kai. So they kept me there. And now it's on Netflix anyway. And I could have waited this whole time. But I guess it was right. fun to be ahead of the curve for once since I'm behind on The Mandalorian and all. Yeah. And there, I, I know that there was uh, MILB.TV, Minor League Baseball. I remember somebody was making a start in the minors for the Marlins. And I wanted to watch it. So I signed up for the trial. I never canceled it. And then, like, a random day, I'm like, boom, you paid $30 to minor league TV. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, that's right. I ended up watching it. And I don't even think I still canceled it. So the bottom line <laughs> is is that I'm I'm willing – I would be willing – if Quibi said pay a dollar, 
right now, but you owe nothing else or for free, but then we charge you 10, I would rather pay the dollar up front because I am not a canceler, unfortunately. I get got every you're time. You're not a quitter, Craig Mish. You're not a quitter. That's why you're still around in this business. You're just not a quitter. Well, half and half. So Quibi, yes, I downloaded. <laughs> Never watched anything because when they told me I had to uh, pay after the trial, I was out. I was done. So I deleted the app instantly, and that was it. And, you know, it was probably a good move by me because they're out now. Anyway, they're done. So, there you go. okay, on to some food to end the show. It's almost lunchtime here oh, on wait. Fantasy Sports Today. So let's end it with Wendy's. And Wendy's is uh, very quietly named their new chicken sandwich here. They got a brand new one out over the last month. And it, look, it's a different time than the Popeye's one came out last year. That's for sure. People aren't walking in Wendy's lining up to eat, given what's going on in the world. But I'm giving you all of the rest of 2020, Joe, all of October, all of November, all of December. You will try the new Wendy's chicken sandwich before 2021. I'm not making you do it. I'm simply asking. Fantasy or reality? Yeah, I think this is probably reality. I will try it. Uh, I was ahead of you on the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yeah, I actually sure. like the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I, I got to say, I, I like the spicy one. And the regular, I got two just to make sure that I was covering all of the bases on the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I didn't want to make an ill-informed uh, opinion about the chicken sandwich. I want to make sure that I listened to both. It's like the debate stage, you know, you got to listen to all the candidates. You got to try both the chicken sandwiches. So I did. I tried both the chicken sandwiches. I actually like the spicy one a little bit more. Say what you will about that. Yeah, regular one's pretty good too. But I don't know. I don't know if, if Wendy's really can, I don't know. They're not a chicken place. So I'm a little little concerned here that it's not going to reach the same kind of standards that's kind of my worry i'll try it wendy's is around the corner and i do like a frosty now and again that's more of a summer thing though. that's right you're so, a big frosty guy i forgot about that i'm yeah. a big for you know i'm a big frost i do like the frosty on occasion but i think i will try it but i i have low expectations i'm setting the bar lower because it's wendy's it's a burger place it's not a chicken place popeyes is a, is a chicken place uh you know chick-fil-a you know it's in the name you know it's chicken places i feel better about could this be the surprise chicken sandwich, though, because it's a burger place? That's the question. Could be. Could be. Yeah. See, see, for me, a lot of this now is about location and, and things that are close and nearby. And I really don't have a Wendy's within like a mile radius for whatever reason. It's just there isn't one right around me. Now, if my kids were in school and not doing virtual, there is one right across the street from my kid's school. So I would mm -hmm. think that in a year... My over-under on Wendy's meals is probably one and a half or two over the course of a year. So given the fact that there's a few months left in the year, if they were in school, it would be a reality. But because they're not, I'm going to say fantasy. So you're going to be ahead mm -hmm. of me here on the Wendy's chicken sandwich, and you'll have to give us a full review. I will do my best because I am the man of the people here. And uh, people look to us here on the program for chicken sandwich reviews. And I got to say, this is makes me wistful for a simpler time where – all we were talking about was chicken sandwiches and I Florida know. men doing stupid things. I miss Florida man stories so much. I can't imagine now that people are out and about again that there aren't some more Florida man stories. In fact, with the pandemic, I bet there's been some awesome ones. And I I don't know. Now the baseball is winding down. Maybe it's time to bring some Florida man back. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's a good idea for, for our Tuesday we show. Got visual. We, we never had visuals. Now we've got that, visuals. That's actually the, the issue here is we're a TV show now. And I don't, I don't know if we could put these mugshots on TV here on Sports Grid. I'll get verification and tell you next.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. On tomorrow's show, make sure you stay tuned. Jim Sanis will have the latest in DFS for the weekend. And also Howard Bender and I go through the Westgate Super Contest line by line, lean by lean, as we get ready to make our picks on Saturday night. But before we do that, we got to end this show today. And as we do that, we turn it over to Joe for his Sports Grid 60. Joe? Well, today's Sports Grid 60 is a public service announcement for all of you fantasy players out there. Please don't pick up Antonio Brown. You're going to hate yourself in the morning if you do. I can't tell you in the last 24 hours how many questions, how many tweets, how many. Should I drop T.Y. Hilton for uh, Antonio Brown? Should I drop this guy for Antonio Brown? No, stop, stop. Listen to yourselves. You got to take the green eggs and ham out with this. I do not want him on my team. I do not want him anywhere. I do not want to even stare at him on a roster. I do not want Antonio Brown. If you roster him, you will frown. I do not want him anywhere. Please listen. Don't roster him if you dare, because I am telling you right now, Antonio Brown is going to be a sickness on your roster, just like he's been in all the locker rooms. And I wish it wasn't the case. And I hope I am wrong deep down. But everything is telling us so far that this is a bad idea. And if you have him in a dynasty league, please just move along. It is time. This might be your last chance to get out from under him. I hope he has a good career, but just let it be on someone else's fantasy team. Let some other fantasy owner deal with the headache yeah and, and i would agree with that i'm not really interested in, in antonio brown <laughs> no doubt uh okay so here's a lesson to be learned now look i don't know what the status is of james white mike rice who covers them is reporting that he that that uh, james white didn't practice for undisclosed reasons and of course that leads to speculation and we're not going to know on james white now in my fantasy league i'm a rex burkhead owner and, and yeah, I, I may have cut Rex Burkhead this morning and picked up Hasty when he passed through waivers. But here is the bottom line. Uh, don't ever make moves at 3 o'clock in the morning just to wake up and not have to go through the waiver process. Because that's what I did. For the first time all year, I said, you know what? I don't want to lose my waiver spot. I'm going to wake up at 3 in the morning, see who got picked up at 2 in the morning, and then make the pick. And then dumb me, I end up cutting Burkhead, and now I'm probably not going to be able to get him back. Great move, Craig. All right, that'll do it for the show. Lesson learned to all. Don't make moves at 3 in the morning. For the guys at LTN and Danny and Brett, my co-host Joe Pizzapia, I'm Craig Mitch. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.